Hello and welcome to this week's Community Power podcast, a series being brought to you in partnership with Local Trust. My name's Chris Allen and in this series we're showcasing some incredible projects, focusing in particular on what happens when you give local people the power, the money and the assets to make a difference in their neighbourhoods. With me as ever is series producer Beth Lazenby. Who are we going to be hearing from this week, Beth? So this week, Chris, we're up in Staffordshire and we are chatting to Sue Merriman, who was previously a very dedicated volunteer, but is now a full-time employee at Brewton Million Big Local. And she's going to be chatting to us about a couple of really impressive well-being and youth projects that they've been running recently. And when I caught up with Sue, I first of all asked her, what's at the very heart of your community? The heart of our community is our play park. It's the biggest area of the village. Um, So we have we had a play park with a, a paddling pool, which we know is massive for some areas, but the play equipment itself was like a 1950s play area. Uh, we had a couple of swings, a seesaw, and a climbing frame that you could actually walk on the floor and just pull your hands up and you could reach it, even <laughs> at sort of six years old. Oh, and we did have a very good big slide, which was the best thing about the park. So good that when we completely renovated the park, we left the slide in because we knew people would be upset and now it looks really sad because <laughs> it's not the biggest thing in the park. Those changes in the area, did that begin to get people to say, hey, this big local is something, it's not just the same old, same old? Yeah, absolutely. We'd got a running track which was completely covered in grass and weeds. We got our local youths to dig that all up for us. Then we hired the people to just come and skim it and lay the running track. So they could see, you know, we were serious. We've created a woodland walk around the back end of the park uh, and we've put in an outdoor gym so they could see it growing. And now they think we own the park. I was going to say, how are relationships with with the local council? So we have our parish council, then we have a district council and then we have a county council. So it's complicated. It's very complicated. And when I started, I didn't understand the different councils. I completely understand it now. And trying to educate people on how it works is is just as difficult as it was trying to explain it to myself. When we started, it wasn't a good relationship. They thought they could just have the money and do what they wanted. There was a few arguments along the way, and we just had to keep going out and out. And eventually, without the the elected councillors who wanted to support, um, so they started sort of stamping their feet and supporting us. And eventually things started to happen. Britain can, it's a fantastic uh, name. <laughs> what can you do? So when we'd finished creating the play park, we wanted to put an event on to celebrate the achievement of that. And we, because the last thing we did was the open air gym, we were looking at some kind of fitness event. So we started researching all around the country of what had been going on. And we stumbled across Newcastle Can. And they had brought the community together in Newcastle to lose £100,000 as a community, as the whole area, to lose this weight in one year. It took them just over a year, but they managed it. The councils, the businesses, they all got together and the residents worked on this campaign. And so we kind of moved away from actually an event and started looking into this health and wellbeing project. And it absorbed quite a lot of our time um, because we knew we were onto something. And our idea was to do it slightly different. We we were looking at how we could get the community groups and charities and businesses in our area to 
help with well-being. So we created our own Britain Can. The Can campaign had gone quite national then, so it started to become popping up in Devon, Norfolk, Suffolk, uh, Cornwall. So we, we kind of watched what they'd all done. And one of the things that they hadn't really managed to achieve was working with the doctors. So we'd managed to work, work with our local leisure centre and our doctor, and they were fully on board. So we managed to put an event together with all our local services. And even our doctors came along to say, you might have uh, an illness, but you can work out doing this. So she came to the event and they told her what their conditions were and said, OK, try this right. using the groups that were there. Um, and then we went and knocked on the district council's door and said, we've, we've worked this campaign out, but we think it can be bigger. and um, We'd like it to become a district campaign. Let's make it kind of chase. And they laughed at us and sent us away. But literally just as went to walk through the door, they said, hold on, we think you're on to something. But then they said, it would take us about two years to do the work you've done. But how about we use what you've done as a pilot, work with you, and look at building Can It Chase Can. And two years later, we have Can It Chase Can. Well done. And it's in the form, it's in the form of an app. And we created eight, we, eight parts of your well-being. And basically, still using community groups and charities and businesses, you work on an area so basically you could be working out and eating all the right things but if you're not sleeping at night you're still not working on your well-being and it's to teach people like that so yes it's been very successful but I would now like to take it to the county council. <laughs> well you can work your way up through all these different councils can't you where you are and what's the kind of feedback yeah. you've been having say from doctors practices and surgeries because you must be saving them some money as well with this kind of social prescribing approach whereby there's alternatives uh, to drugs you know go out and do something get involved with something. We are just about to re-sit down with, with our local doctors again to look at um, what they're finding. How our big local plan works now is we try and put our projects under the wellness theme, so whether it be move well, eat well, sleep well, and that's how we have started with the community shop, the therapy groups that we're now running. So you brought everything together around now, almost wellness. It run, It's the golden thread that runs through all that you do, and I suppose in our lives, you know, wellness is at the heart of everything we are, isn't it? Yeah, if you speak to any nurse, doctor, pharmacist they will tell you a lot of our illnesses are through not helping ourselves and whether you are lonely and isolated that is one of the biggest health problems is cutting yourself off from the world now i know young people have been very much at your your heart you know you you work with them but you also volunteer with them as as well that's that's been a that's very very close to your heart and what's the kind of changes you've seen over your time there because you know you've been there since the beginning of the program 10 years as you said earlier some of these children young people have grown up during that period oh massively i've i've got a group now at university who uh facetime me regularly when they've got issues um but no so going from the start, we lost our county um, youth services. We just started a pilot youth group in the hall in our park. It was growing every week. So when we knew we were losing it, I went straight to the leaders of the youth service to see what we could do. So they taught me what was needed to run a youth group. And sadly, 
within the year we we ended up losing the youth services. I was determined not to let it go. So Brisa Million agreed to give us a two thousand pound grant, put everything that was needed in place, and we got the volunteers. Unfortunately, every time I tried to step away, we either lost the kids or we lost the volunteers. Right. So in I made the decision to run it myself, voluntary, and it was successful. We probably had about 35 members every week, um, and these kids just brought themselves in off the street. It was a different type of youth group that I was ever used to because my background was in girl guiding and sport. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a youth worker for girl guiding, but I'm also a qualified coach for football. So kids that tend to bring themselves in themselves off the street different ball game right um because you never see their parents so there's nobody to sort of go yeah they were a bit wild tonight any reason you haven't got that back that fall so we did it and we had a good plan and i managed to get some good volunteers so between us it ran lovely and in 2018 britain hit the worst spout of antisocial behavior that i've ever known and i literally lived in the park day and night we had to close the youth group because i couldn't be in two places at once and i ended up taking on some online youth detached lessons to teach myself what to do and i ended up working in the park for about half past two in the morning the kids had got hold of um zombie spice and that seemed to be the craze at the time and um, they were smashing up everything the defibs the buildings all sorts we managed to set off what was called a council trigger and that brought police, council, social services, youth defending teams all together and then schools, businesses in the area. And we managed to get about 85 residents to come to these meetings to work on a plan of how we could sort, sort it out. I learned things from the police. I learned that I could take photos of the kids uh, as long as I was using it for the right thing and sending it in. Whenever they were misbehaving like that, I'd literally go and start taking photos and, and I'd obviously get the backlash. But mm. then I'd say, right, you've got two choices. You stop this behavior right now and I delete the photos or I go and take these photos to the police and we deal with it this way. And things slowly start. I started to get a bit of a, all right, then let's do your way. Once I got this relationship with some of them, the ones that had made the relationship started giving me names and started saying, just to let you know, this has just happened and this is who it is. So then the police could sort of then go to the houses and start having words with them. We had five young people who had really caused some damage. And I managed to get the police to put them on like community service with me. Right. So they had to, they had to work with me every week. And it, yes, I got them to do some real dirty cleanup jobs but at the same time I got to work with them and find out what was going and then try and get them into different things uh, you know things after school different stuff like that fast forward to now they've all got jobs they still connect to me to this day um they're lovely pe young people now <laughs> Well, we talk about legacy in big local, don't we? And it's obvious when you look in Britain, you've got you've got the you've got the hub, you've got the play areas, you've got the open spaces, you've got the wellness. But it sounds like in these young people, you've got your own personal legacy. That must be important for you. Yeah, absolutely. We do a lot in the park. We look after the sheds and the trees and whatnot. So the so once they got to know me, they were like, "Can I help you? Can I help you?" 
So when we reopened the youth group, I got got the young people together and said, right, we need to re-advertise, let people know we're out there. How would you advertise it? What what do you think we should say about the youth group? And they were like, you need to, we need to just advertise all the all the jobs that we do. And I was like, that's not what we do here. And they were like, but that's what we like to do. So then between us, we redeveloped the youth group. Instead of it being what I call a play youth group, we changed it into a volunteering youth group. Right. Um, That's quite a change. And a massive change. So all the young people changed so they could sign up and they could find a volunteering project that matched their interests. And we started a reward system. So once they earned so many hours, they could cash it in. At the start, it was for free food, a free trip, or a free camp. And we went from 35 to, I think, the highest we had before COVID was 189. Wow. Obviously, big local's coming towards the end. What are your hopes as as you move forward into, you know, beyond big local? Obviously, this work's going to continue. You've got all these different things in the community. Um, but what about, what about yourself? What are you going to do next? Well, I want to stay with the young people personally. So the youth group has transformed even further now. It's now changed its name to Visions Youth Services. Um, it caters for young people that don't go to school. It has a fishing youth group. It has a forest school. It does school holiday programs. So we've just we've just put a bid into the lottery to see if we can get some funding for some staff. Our dream would be to change the small. There's a fo- small football club on site at the park, and our dream would be to turn it into um, like a sports college which would accommodate that in the day and the young people in the evening. Well, you're pretty good at making your dreams come true. (laughs) That's my mission. (laughs) That was Sue Merriman, who is the worker at Brayton Million, which is in Rugeley in Staffordshire. Uh, I always love her optimism about making things happen. Very determined lady. Uh, And what were your reflections, Beth? Yeah, I think similarly, just what stood out was her commitment and passion for helping young people in the area and sometimes putting herself in quite challenging and and dangerous situations to be that sort of community face for people to start engaging with. And I think that's what we've seen so often from big local areas is that having those familiar faces within the community really helps people to start engaging and changing their behaviours. So, yeah, lots for Sue to be really proud of there. Indeed, and, and, and cutting through some very difficult subjects that many big local areas face in terms of the behaviour of young people, but it shows that when you do reach out and when you do make that great effort and make that great sacrifice, that something can be done in partnership with some of the statutory organisations, but giving uh, new options, new roads for young people. Yeah, I completely agree. And also what an achievement for them to have created their own wellbeing app and for that to be being rolled out more widely. So, so much ambition being shown by Brayton Mill. Indeed. So where can we find out more? So we'll pop all the information about the Big Local Partnership in the show notes so you'll be able to find out more about their work. Thanks, Beth. And next week is the last in our current series. And I had the opportunity to pop in on somebody I've worked with for the last 11 years. I won't say where yet, uh, but find out next week. Uh, Beth and I look forward to you joining us next time on the Community Power podcast, brought to you by Local Trust, discovering what happens when you give local people the power, the money and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods.